So Heavenly Father, we thank You for today. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost and now I'm found blind. Now I see. We celebrate today, Lord Jesus, Your sacrifice for sin. You said it is finished. Your finished work gives us hope and joy and life. And we praise You and honor You today and glorify Your name. All that we say and do and all that we speak today is to give glory to the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit of God, we ask that You might attend to our words and our thoughts and our worship today. May, the, may You do Your work in our hearts as we raise up and honor the Lord Jesus Christ. Would You draw all people to Yourself? That is the promise the Lord Jesus gave. And we believe You will do it. We pray for our friends who are not able to be with us today. We pray for those who are very sick and ill and others who are in great grief and sorrow. Others because they're separated from because of business and others who have great joy in their lives, whatever our emotions. Whether sadness or gladness, we present all of our emotions before you today. As we sang today, we present it all. Here we are in our distracted minds and a distracted world. So today we ask that you might help us to just take a few moments and that you might supernaturally keep us from distraction. We are filled with distraction and our emotions take us many places. May our emotions turn to you and may we show great love to you today. Lord Jesus, for all that you have done for us, how could you, how could you die for such as us? How could you die for such as us? We thank you for it. We thank you for your grace and mercy shown to us in your kindness. So today, Lord, speak to us from your word, and it is good for us to be in the house of the Lord, and we're thankful for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, good morning, and it's good to see all of you here today. And if you have your Bibles, I'd like for you to find your place, first of all, in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2, and then <clears throat> once you find your place there, boys and girls, we're glad you're here today with your mothers and dads, your grandparents, and we want you to get your Bible out, find your place, and also along with Hebrews chapter 2, just if you'll keep your finger there, I'd also like for you to go back to one of the readings of the cross of the Lord Jesus in John chapter 19. So find your place in Hebrews chapter 2, and while you're uh, thumbing and finding your way there, also mark and hold in your hand there John chapter 19. And we'll begin reading in verse number 30. We are talking these days about the greatest truth of all, the best good news of all, the good news of Jesus Christ and uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what do we say? The gospel is this, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. He was buried and on the third day, He rose from the dead according to the Scriptures. That's the best news for this terrible, sin-ridden, broken world in which we live. It is the words that we must go and share with our friends and family and neighbors. These days, we are, we are considering together in some detail what it means when the Lord says to us, and He said it on the cross for all of those Sinners gathered around to hear, it is finished, it is finished. And we're talking about what comes, why did Jesus Christ die on the cross, and what are the great, great 
privileges and benefits that we gain because Jesus died on the cross. You can never hear this enough. You can never understand it enough. It is so profound. It drives all of us who are followers of Jesus to, our, to worship and to praise and surrender of our lives. And it draws out those who are still living in darkness and wickedness, some to be saved. And so we pray and I pray that uh, I can do my best today to give honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ who alone deserves praise. So you've had time now to find these two places. I'd like for you to stand now and honor the reading of God's Word. First we read from the Gospel of John, John's Gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ and His life and death and resurrection and ascension. We'll read the last, we'll, we'll read verse 30 and then we'll read through a little further today. Therefore, a jar, this is verse 29, a jar, John 19, 29, a jar full of sour wine or vinegar was standing there, so they put a sponge full of sour vinegar upon a branch of hyssop and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when Jesus had received the sour vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Then the Jews, because it was the day of preparation, so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath day was a high day, asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and that they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first man and of the other who was crucified with him. But coming to Jesus, when they saw that he was already dead... They saw that he was already dead. They did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear. And immediately blood and water came out. And he who has seen has testified. And his testimony is true. And he knows that he is telling the truth. So that you also may believe. For these things came to pass to fulfill Scripture. Not a bone of his shall be broken. And again another Scripture says, They shall look on him whom they've pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but a secret one, for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate granted permission, so he came and took away his body. Nicodemus, who had first come to him by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen wrappings with the spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews." Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb in which no one had yet been laid. Therefore, because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Now we go to Hebrews chapter 2 and these great victorious words explaining the death and burial of Jesus Christ, and why His death and burial are so important. Verse 9, 
But we do see Him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus. Because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God He might taste death for everyone. Verse 14. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, He Himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death He might render powerless Him who had the power of death, that is the devil, verse 15, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Verse 17. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Now, Heavenly Father, we stand before you. You see our hearts, you know our minds. May these words be a blessing to our hearts. May they stick in our minds. And may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. So I read that extended section from the Gospel of John to remind you that not only was Jesus Christ crucified on the cross and died, He, was, he died and was buried. He died and He was buried. So we read just a moment ago these very important words. Then we come to Hebrews chapter 2 explaining to us, as I'm going to seek to do from these words, what are some of the things that happen as a result of Jesus dying on the cross? Why is this so important? Why is this event at the center of all human history? Well, today we'll see several things. You've read them already with me, but I want to point them out again. Notice our focal truth today is this, that Jesus Christ, our Lord, died to destroy the devil's power over death and he also came to free all of us from the fearful slavery of death who believe in him. Hallelujah. So that's what we'll talk about today. Now go back with your eye and follow along and I'll just point out a few things to you from Hebrews chapter 2 that are at the heart of the observations I'll make. First in verse number 9. But we do see Him. We don't see Him with our eyes, but as we read the Word of God, as we hear the Word of God taught, as we hear the Word of God preached, as we hear the Gospel shared about Jesus Christ and His death on the cross, based on eyewitness accounts who saw Him die, who saw Him buried, who saw Him raised from the dead, who saw Him ascend to heaven, we as another generation of people, some 2,000 years later, Many of us in this room have bowed the knee and said, Jesus Christ is Lord. We believe that God raised Him from the dead, this one who died on the cross. And so we read here, but we do see Him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, notice, because of the suffering of death. He might taste death for everyone. That's verse 9. Verse 14. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also took the same. Notice again, that through death, through death, he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. 
And then in verse number 15, through his death, from verse 14, carried on into verse 15, they might be free, he might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. And then verse 17, Therefore he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, please notice, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. So today we honor and celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ's death on the cross and His finished work of destroying the devil's power over death, freeing those of us who believe in Him from the slavish fear of death, and for the Lord Jesus finishing the final sacrifice for sin. Praise the Lord. First of all, these are the four observations that I want us to see today. Number one, Jesus Christ tasted death for everyone. He experienced death for all people, for all times. Secondly, Jesus Christ died to destroy the devil's power over death. That's in verse 14. Verse number 15, Jesus Christ died to free sinners from the fearful control of death. That's in verse 15, as I've just reviewed. And then finally, this wonderful truth, Jesus Christ died becoming a merciful and faithful high priest on His resurrection, ascension to heaven, now enthroned in glory at the great majestic place. He is the eternal majestic place. He is a merciful and faithful high priest to His people. And He has made the final sacrifice for sin. So what do we learn today? Some very important lessons. And these words are all about death. All about death. The one thing human people try to avoid. Thinking about death. You might not think about it, but it's a certain reality to come in your life. Did you know that? It might come sooner than you think. I ask you this morning, my friends, I love you in Jesus, but are you afraid to die? That's a question you must answer. Are you living in a slavish fear, doing everything you can to avoid, deny the reality that you have a death day just like a birthday? It's true for us all. We do not know, as we started 2021, what it will bring. We certainly didn't know what 2020 would be like. So the reality is that we stand in this place vulnerable people. We take care of ourselves. We try to watch our health. We try to do all the things we're supposed to do. And we should eat our vegetables, boys and girls. That's very important. And we should do all we can do. But the day comes when finally our final day on this earth comes. The question is... Are you afraid to die? The second question is, are you ready to die? This is a day we, th we think about the death of Jesus Christ. His death changed death forever. His death changed the way you and I who believe in Jesus deal with death. And so I want us to really give some deep thought to this today because I believe, you see, Here's the way the Word of God teaches us that when we focus and understand that we only have so many days, it will sober us and make us think about what we do with the days we have. Since this last March, it's been a long parade for me of 
going to the graveside with our dear friends in our church. Well, now close to 30 funerals since last March. 30 funerals. All ages. All kinds of circumstances. All kinds of conditions. The question is, today, as we think about the death of deaths, the Lord Jesus Christ, what do we learn? Well, first of all, He tasted death for everyone. Did you see in these words that we read in verse number 9? That through His suffering and then the glory of His resurrection, He tasted death for every man. This word to taste is the word that means to experience. He experienced the bitterness of it. He experienced the loneliness of it. He experienced the agony of it. He experienced, he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? All of sin being placed upon Jesus Christ. What we cannot see with our eyes, what those who surrounded the cross could not see physically, there was a spiritual transaction taking place and all of the sin of the world was laid upon him just like it would be on the day of atonement. The day of atonement for the Jewish people there in Jerusalem as it came. And that lamb was sacrificed for the sins of all of Israel on behalf of them. The Lord Jesus is the one who now is the substitute and sacrifice for our sin. That's what we were singing about today. We were thinking about the one who tasted death for every person. Every one of us today. The Lord Jesus, by the grace of God, has tasted death for us so that when you face death, it can be different for you. You can exchange dying forever for living forever. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ wants us to know. So we come to the Lord's funeral. I want to take just a little bypath here for a moment. I just read to you from John the funeral of the Lord Jesus. Four people in attendance. If you read the other accounts. The funeral of the Lord Jesus. He bowed his head and gave up his spirit. John 19.30. That was it. The Lord surrendered and died at his own choosing. By his own will and by the will of God. He died and then we read these, these tender words. I'm going to read from Mark. I did not read it earlier, but Mark 15 says, Joseph, this secret disciple, Joseph took, took him down from the cross, wrapped him, his lifeless body, wrapped his, along with Nicodemus, his lifeless body in a, in a linen cloth. That's the burial clothes of our Lord Jesus. And they put the spices all on his body, and in the linen, as the Jewish custom was in burial, and they laid his lifeless body in a tomb which was cut out of rock, and they rolled the stone against it. Where were the rest of those disciples who followed him for three years? They didn't come to his funeral. They did not come to the funeral of the Lord Jesus Christ. But these two secret disciples who became very public disciples, it takes a lot of courage. Listen, it takes a lot of courage for a man like Joseph of Arimathea to go to Pilate, having been one of the rulers of the Jews, and say, I would like the body of the Lord Jesus. And Pilate was shocked and asked the centurion, as we read in some of the other gospel accounts, is he really dead? <clears throat> 
And the centurion who said, surely Jesus Christ was the Son of God, said, yes, he's dead. Why the breaking of their legs, boys and girls? You see, see crucifixion and a man hanging on a cross, suspended in air only by nails on a crossbar and with his feet nailed uh, to the bottom bar. You see, it's an agonizing, terrible, horrible, dreaded way to die. You die by suffocation. You don't die by bleeding to death. You suffer. You pull up and down and up and down. And you try to relieve the pain of your entire body hanging on your lungs. And you breathe, laboring every moment. That's why the Jews said, break their legs so that they can be out of the way before Passover comes. He tasted death for every man. I want you to go in your mind to the funeral of the Lord Jesus Christ for a moment. He died and he had a funeral. And two secret disciples who became very public disciples. Along with two women followers of the Lord Jesus. Came and there they were. Bringing borrowed things for the Lord Jesus. A borrowed tomb. A borrowed white linen ephod, and nothing of his own. He had nowhere to lay his head in all of his life, buried in a borrowed tomb. That's who died for your sins. That's the one who tasted death for every man. He died for everyone. All around that cross... I repeat this to you week by week. There were not admirers. There were mockers. All around that cross were those who ridiculed Him. All around that cross were the wicked who just wanted to get the job done. Those soldiers. They do this every day. They'd had their mockery pressed on the crown of thorns and still hanging on His head. And the mockery that Pilate put of the sign over His head. This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. All around Him, the mockery of the cross. It reminds us of the reality of today. When you stand up and tell somebody about Jesus Christ today, He tasted death for the greatest hater of Him. He tasted death for the greatest rebel. He tasted death for every sinner. That is the glory of the gospel. He tasted death for everyone, my friend, including you. In your condition. And your circumstances. Jesus Christ destroyed, number two, the devil's power over death. Oh, we, we don't have time to deal with this as much as I'd like to. But here we see one of those great transactions that you can't see that happened on the cross. Oh, there was a big battle, a big change that went on. What a great truth. Jesus Christ died, as we, as we read in verse 14, to render powerless him who had the power of death, that is the devil. What is the devil's power in death? Well, you know what it is. He tempts us to sin. What did he say at the very beginning? What did this liar, murderer say at the beginning to Adam and Eve? Has God not said you can take from all the trees? He's a liar. Well, surely you know that if you take from this other tree, you'll be like God. And then the flesh and the desires of Adam and Eve took over along with the tempting lying words. 
in rebellion against God's Word that Satan uttered, and they sinned, and the sting of death came, and sin came in their lives, and we've done the same as Adam and Eve. We've sinned in like manner. He tempts sinners to sin. He blinds the minds of those who are unbelieving in our world when we share the gospel with them to the gospel truth. That's why it takes the power of God and the Holy Spirit to break that spell. He is the one who terrifies the minds of those who commit sin. You see, He tempts you to sin, and then when you sin, He accuses you of it and tells you how bad a person you really are and continues to ridicule and terrify and accuse. And He holds under His power he holds under His power until those unrepentant sinners die. They go to hell. And the fact of the matter is, the power of the devil over death was one that he had because here's his plan. He was planning to take as many, as many of the sons of Adam as he could to hell with him. You don't have a friend in the devil. Some people laugh and think there is no devil. Have you looked around the world lately? Have you listened to what people are saying lately? Hateful. Hateful. Vengeful. Words. I'm glad what Paul said in Colossians 2 when he's talking about the Lord Jesus' death on the cross. He disarmed the rulers. And the authorities, what was happening on that cross? He was disarming the lying, murderous, evil one, the God of this world, Satan. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ tasted death for every man. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ rendered powerless the devil's power over death. Thirdly, Jesus Christ died to free sinners who will believe in Him of fearful control that comes with death. You see, when you start thinking about death, you get worried about it. Now, a modern man laughs about it, but he's only laughing on the outside. He's terrified on the inside. You see, the fear of death enslaves sinners. <clears throat> it preoccupies them. That's why you want to keep the music turned up and the noise going and the busyness going. Because if you sit down in the quiet for a moment, you might think, with all this talk about death in our world, I'm going to die. Yes, you are. All of you listening to me, we're all going to die. The question is, will you die in Jesus Christ saved and experience eternal life? Or will you die and experience eternal death? Permanent, eternal death. Oh, you see, the mocker can dismiss it, but the Word of God says differently. The Lord Jesus said, He who believes in Me will not perish. Will not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, fear of death controls the minds of sinners, and some will try to ignore it, and others will try to deny it, and others will try to avoid it. Like my friend said to me that time, look, I just, I don't know, he was my lost friend, I was talking to him, we lived in another place, and we were, <clears throat> I was trying to talk to him about knowing Jesus, and he said, I just can't even drive by a cemetery. Well, why is that? Well, just when I go by there, I just think, yeah, you think about dying, don't you? All those tombstones stand erected there to remind you that every single person in that graveyard has either bowed the knee and confessed Jesus as Lord and believed in their heart, God raised Him from the dead and they're saved, or they're lost. 
And the good news this morning is that Jesus Christ died to free those who will believe in Jesus Christ from any slavish fear of death. Whatever happens in your life, wherever it comes, whatever day, whatever time, we live for the Lord and we're ready to die for the Lord. That's why His words are so special to, to uh, Martha at Lazarus' tomb, his friend. You remember he said, He who believes in me, listen, even if he dies, yet shall he live. Eternal life. Eternal life is now ours. I don't have to fear death. But there's one final thing we see here in verse number 17. Jesus Christ died not only, as we've seen, tasting death for every person. Jesus Christ died not only to destroy the power of the devil. It's gone. It's over. It's finished. Jesus Christ not only died to free sinners, and I could have said a lot more about all of these things, but I want to get to this last one because it is so sweet for us because now what does the Lord do for us after dying and being raised from the dead and ascending to heaven. What is the living Lord Jesus Christ doing for us now? Well, notice in verse 17, He had to be made like His brethren so that He might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation. That's a big word. It means satisfaction for the sins of the people. So here we see it. Now the Lord Jesus is in heaven. And He has become, He is qualified now through His death, resurrection, and ascension. He's been given His task to be the high priest of God's people. Do you know the Lord Jesus as high priest? Do you understand and recognize the beauty and glory of the Lord Jesus as your high priest, my Christian friend? Sometimes we say, I've heard Christians say, well, I just don't really have anybody who really understands what I'm going through. Oh, wait, yes, you do. You do have someone who understands. The Lord Jesus understands what you're going through. He understands and feels what you're feeling. He understands the, the, the pain and draw of temptation. He understands what it means to be ridiculed and marked, mocked and rejected and to be taken advantage of. He, he understands what it means to be abused. He understands what it means for people to walk away and leave you all alone, to stand by yourself. He understands and He hears our prayers and He hears our praise to Him. He gives help to us in times of need. I didn't read it, but verse 16 says, For assuredly, here's an assurance for you I have today. He, the Lord Jesus, does not give help to angels, but He helps you, the descendants of Abraham. He helps you today, my friend. He comes to your aid, and He represents us before God. That's why later in the book of Hebrews He says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. You see, he's merciful and faithful. Did you see it in verse 17? What kind of high priest is he? Merciful and faithful. You know what mercy is? Mercy's to us. He is a high priest of mercy because that's what I need every day and you need every day. I need the continuing mercy of God, the grace of God, the favor of God. He is merciful to men, and He is faithful to God. This is what happened as a result of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. He identified completely with us so that He could be a complete high priest for us in heaven. Think about it today, my friend. 
There's great rejoicing that ought to go on in the hearts and souls of every believer in here. Death is finished. The devil is finished. Fear is finished by the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. I say praise the Lord to that. Amen. So some things to remember as we finish today. Thank you for listening. Listen to these things just as I finish up. First of all, you know this to be true, most of you in this room. I know you very well. But I want you to remember it because of what it means to us in our salvation. Jesus Christ suffered physically and emotionally in death for sin. Oh, it wasn't just a physical matter. I want you to remember the agonies of those words of the Lord Jesus on the cross. They were emotional words. They were words that He described because there was never a time in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ while He was on the earth that He was separated from His fellowship and relationship with God the Father until He had the sin of the world placed upon Him and God forsook Him. And by the end, He was begging for something to drink. Oh, the great suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes I feel sorry for myself. Do you ever feel sorry for yourself? It's kind of a pitiful thing, isn't it? Sit around feeling sorry for yourself. I feel sorry for myself. Lord, I try to tell Lord, Lord, look how sad it is for me. I'm just so sad. And then the Lord reminds me, that's, that's important, Mike, but, and I care about you, but don't, forgive, don't forget how I suffered for you. I suffered in your place so that you might have strength in your suffering, so that you might have joy and victory over the devil and resist him and he will flee from you and say no to temptation and walk away from it and live in the power of God. You see, only Jesus knows what it's like to die because he's alive. Someone lays on their deathbed. Many are these days. What a sad day. When people cannot be with their loved ones at the end. How I pray for all, and there are many, how I pray for all of our Christian doctors and nurses as they come alongside dear people who are all across this country and around the world. May they be the ones, if they're the ones given this task, to speak to people at the point of their death. To make sure, are you like the thief on one side or the other? What will you do at time of death? But you see, when death comes, only our high priest knows what it's like to die. And you can speak with him about your fearfulness. Satan's power over death is gone. It's done. Giving him any credit, any more time, any more energy is a waste. Raise the shield of faith. You will extinguish the fiery darts of the devil. He keeps firing ammo, but it doesn't have any strength. His lies continue to the end, but one day he will finally be judged as Paul says in another place, when all things are put under the feet completely of the Lord Jesus Christ. And believing sinners, this is for you today, are freed from the fear, fearful control of death. I speak with a lot of our people by phone. I can't visit them. I can't see them, but I talk with them a lot. And my dear friends, why are you afraid today? What are you afraid of? I read it to you again. This is for you. He died through His death to render powerless Him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and 
free those who through the fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. The Lord Jesus died so that you don't have to be afraid to die. You can live for Jesus until your days are done. So what do we do today as we close? Well, come to Jesus. He will free you from your fears and He will save you from your sins eternally and permanently. I always speak to the church this way. I don't know who's really saved in this room today. I don't know that you might be a very religious person and you're very knowledgeable of the Word of God, but there is no power of God in your life. There's no power of God in your life. You live just like the world, but you have a little varnish on top with a little Jesus on the top. But it's not real. It's not real. You don't pray. You don't seek the Word of God. You don't desire to tell somebody about Jesus. And frankly, you have no power over sin in your life. You're lost. You're religiously lost. So I say to you religiously lost who are here today, come to Jesus Christ. He will free you from your fears and forgive you of your sins. And He will replace in your life the sentence of death with the joy and victory of eternal life. But I also say to you, trust the Lord, my dear friends, He will show you mercy. Whatever circumstances you're going, whatever bad news you got last week, or bad news you get tomorrow, or good news you get, whatever kind of news comes your way, the best news is this. He tasted death for every man. He rendered the devil powerless over the power of death. He took care of death finally for those who will believe in Jesus Christ. Even when we die, we live. He takes away the fear of death so that we might rejoice as saved sinners in the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. So I come today to give glory to God. <clears throat> Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, He Himself likewise also partook of the same. That through death He might render powerless Him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. I quote now for you, to the glory of the Lord Jesus, this old, old hymn. We don't sing it in our tradition, but it nevertheless says, as best I can, what we've seen here from Hebrews 2. Listen, Thou, Lord, to death's domain didst go alone. Death had on Thee no claim. Thou sinless one, He who had death's dread power, met Thee in that dark hour, vanquished by Thee, his power by thee alone. Praise God.